This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about the first Hispanic person to serve at one of the highest levels of American government. The day was September 30th, 1822. Joseph Marion Hernandez became the first Hispanic member of the United States Congress. In this role, he helped guide Florida's transition from a Spanish colony to a U.S. territory. He was originally named Jose Mariano Hernandez and was born in 1788 in the Spanish settlement of St. Augustine, Florida. His parents were immigrants from the island of Menorca and had originally traveled to Florida as indentured servants. In his youth, Joseph worked with his father as a carpenter and later attended school in both Georgia and Cuba. Over time, the family would improve its fortunes and use their wealth to buy property and numerous enslaved workers. Despite his family's humble origins, much of Joseph's success like that of so many others of the era, came at the expense of other people's freedom. In 1814, Hernandez doubled down on this lifestyle by marrying Anna Hill Williams, a wealthy widow who owned a 3,200-acre sugarcane plantation near present-day Daytona Beach. As the years went by, Hernandez continued to grow this already vast property by acquiring a series of land grants in exchange for his service to the Spanish military. Meanwhile, on the other side of the battlefield, the United States was busy trying everything it could to oust the Spanish and take control of the Florida Territory. After multiple failed attempts, the U.S. finally succeeded during the First Seminole War in 1818. Joseph's exact movements during this time are uncertain, but we do know he fought against American forces during the war in exchange for those large plots of land I mentioned from the Spanish government. By the time the U.S. had won the war, Hernandez controlled more than 25,000 acres in the region. And amazingly, when Florida officially changed hands in 1819, Joseph was allowed to pledge allegiance to the United States and keep his extensive land holdings. He had effectively played both sides of the conflict and still come out ahead. After casting his lot with the new American regime, he changed his name from Jose Mariano to Joseph Marion. Once the Florida Territory had been organized, it was allowed to elect a delegate to Congress, although that delegate would not be able to vote like other members. Florida's Legislative Council elected Hernandez as the territory's representative, and he was approved by President James Monroe on September 30, 1822. For the next six months, Hernandez played a crucial role in the transition from Spanish to American government in the newly acquired territory. As mentioned before, Hernandez was able to keep the property he owned prior to the annexation, and in Congress, he helped extend those same property rights to other Floridians who had chosen to stay. 
He also fought for infrastructure bills to build new roads, bridges, and canals, which would not only help unite the territory, but also boost its chances of becoming a full-fledged state. In the end, Hernandez lost his bid for re-election and left Congress after less than a year on the job, but his wish for Florida to attain statehood would eventually come to pass in 1845, when it became the 27th state in the Union. After his loss, Hernandez shifted his focus to regional politics and was appointed the presiding officer of the territory's legislative council, which was the precursor to the Florida House of Representatives. During this time, he also continued to manage his three plantations, which produced cash crops like sugarcane and cotton. A decade later, war once again broke out between white settlers and the Seminoles. In 1835, Hernandez rejoined the conflict, this time on the side of the U.S. Army. During the war, two of his plantations were destroyed by Seminoles and black fugitives who had escaped enslavement. Hernandez later embarked on an apparent mission of revenge that resulted in the ambush and capture of the men who had planned the attack on his property. A year later, he came under fire for ignoring a truce with Seminole leaders. In 1838, Hernandez retired from the army with the rank of brigadier general after asking to be relieved from duty in light of the financial losses the war had caused him. Seven years later, Hernandez tried to break back into politics by running for a Senate seat in the newly formed state of Florida, but he was unsuccessful. Reports of his unsavory conduct during the Second Seminole War had tarnished his political reputation on the national stage. But there was still a place for him in local politics. In 1848, Hernandez was elected mayor of his hometown of St. Augustine. After completing his term, he retired to his family's estate in Matanzas, Cuba, where he remained until his death on June 8, 1857, at age 69. Hernandez was a complicated figure, as attested by his house biography, which reads in part, quote, His complex life and career as a slave-owning, Indian-fighting politician cut from Jacksonian cloth embodied conflicting attitudes towards statehood, representation, and territorial conquest. And yeah, that's putting it lightly. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you're a fan of the show, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHC Show. And if you have any feedback for how we're doing so far, you can drop us a line at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.